0: Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or
1: systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin MacDonald here, and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. So this week's episode of the podcast is going to be a little bit different as it doesn't have me, but somebody who I have a huge amount of respect and time for. He's the co-founder of Progressive Property, Mark Homer. So Mark Homer, is his knowledge in property is, is second to none. I've never known anybody who has got so much knowledge around property that I've ever met in my life. The guy is my mentor. He's helped me grow my business significantly in the last few years. And many times he's told me about things that are going to happen in the property market and that I needed to be ready for these changes. And he's been right. So what he's done recently is an interview with David Siegler. So David Siegler is the deal packaging trainer here at Progressive. And Mark's done an interview with David about the changes that may be coming to the property market in 2020 and his predictions for what's going to happen over the coming months. So really, really powerful, insightful episode that I believe you're going to get massive value from. So I'm going to pass you over now to Mark Homer and David Siegler's interview. I'm sure you're going to find it really insightful and it's going to massively help you in your journey on 2020. I've been Kevin McDonnell. You've been awesome.
0: Friends, wonderful friends of the progressive community out there on the um, web. So now it's time, team, time to introduce the co-founder Our guest speaker of Progressive Property, the wonderful Mr. Mark Homer. He is the joint founder with Rob Moore of Progressive. He's a specialist in commercial conversions, in sourcing seriously discounted deals. You won't find Mark Homer overpaying for a deal. You won't. He specializes in finance, in building a network of serious investors. His mantra is focus like a laser on one thing. And become the best at it. How cool, and what a mantra to have. You should all do that. Mark has bought, together with Rob and uh, the families and the joint venture partners uh, since 2003, over 600 properties and counting. He's the co author of numerous best selling property books. There might be a new one coming. Who knows, Mark? And I'm sure it's going to be really, really good. Uh, he's detailed, he's focused, and he makes it his mission to find the best value in all of his uh, investments. I'm going to introduce you one of my property heroes, the wonderful Mark Homer. Yay! Good evening, Mark.
2: David, good evening. Excited to be with you in 2020.
0: I'm excited too, Mark. The fact that i am actually made it to 2020, how cool. So let's get moving. We've got immediately into it. We're going to give our friends content from the word go. Uh prediction number one, Mark. Are you ready? Are you ready to, to, to go ahead with your first prediction? <clears throat> I am. I'm ready. Cool. We're there. Spooky, we're back in London again.
2: Yeah. So um since 2016, we've had um quite big price falls. Uh definitely uh Kensington, Chelsea, Knightsbridge, you know, Mayfair, all of those Primey central London types areas, 25 30% residential has fallen by that amount. Uh, and that's probably spread out a little bit. Um, maybe you're getting into I don't know, Clapham, Croydon, places like that with some falls as well. And um, it hasn't gone that way in the Midlands. Uh, it's been pretty stable. And actually, the north and Scotland are still playing catch up. Um, so they're probably still rising. Uh, what I would say is, uh, as my first prediction, Um, I think central London has reached the bottom. Um, I I think uh, it's bouncing along the bottom now. uh, And I suspect that you may even see some growth uh, in house prices in those sort of central London areas in 2020. Um, So I'm very positive about those sorts of areas now. Uh, I, I um, I think the risk has come out of them. Um, and uh, yeah, the the, um, the 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 future looks very good in uh, in those sort of parts of uh, parts of um, London. Um, so, what I would say specifically about strategy in areas like that is, as we were talking earlier on, you may look to buy a a flat or a house. Maybe it'd be low yielding, uh, but you could look to sort of remodel it to increase the specification to make sure all those finishes the flooring the you know the kitchens the bathrooms all of that stuff is really really focused on you know the the market there the end user which will be really specific to each area Knightsbridge will be different to sort of Chelsea or Kensington Um, and then you may look to flip units like that you may look to sell them but I have been looking at small one-bed flats you know they they probably do rent for, I don't know, two grand a month, something like that in, in some of those areas. And you you, you may get some little one beds at sort of five, six, seven hundred. <clears throat> so the yields are not quite as bad as they were. And obviously, they've been rising uh, since the Brexit vote, since less of the sort of Europeans have been coming, less Middle Eastern, less Russians. Uh, and generally, um, the United Kingdom has, has become a bit of a pariah since... Um, the, the brexit vote and people expected um us to to come out of the european union i think now the election has happened there is a lot more certainty i'm a lot more positive generally uh, i'll talk about that a little bit more um into this into this webinar but um you know i think you've got two things a you know you you've seen some good price falls um you know, London, a lot of those areas are, are looking good value now, especially to foreigners where, you know, because sterling is so cheap. Um, a lot of those areas are 50 percent cheaper than, than they were in 2015. Um, but but in addition, um, I think the um, the backdrop is, uh, is looking more certain. I think it will take a while to, to sort this Brexit stuff, uh, but I think the trajectory uh, is looking OK. So that is prediction number one, David.
0: Prediction number two. Can I take them into prediction number two, Mark? Of course.
2: P- prediction number two is is really that, that confidence is gradually going to lift through 2020. I think, you know, we, we've clearly got a trade deal to negotiate. Boris is going to be busy uh, with his merry men uh, and a few ladies, I hope, um, negotiating with the EU. He's set another sort of is um, introduced uh, the possibility of a, another no deal saying uh, effectively if this trade deal is not negotiated within a year then we just crash out. Um, I suspect that's a good negotiating stance um, whether anybody believes that no deal uh, would actually happen now. I, I think it's uh, it's been proven that uh, the EU don't seem to want it. I don't think our government really wants it but it's probably a good negotiating stance. So what's going to happen is the media as we go into those negotiations they're going to be sort of very up and down selling newspapers. As we get closer and closer um, to the deadline, I think the media will um, introduce more fear. They will ramp it all up. They everyone will, you know, oh, it's going to be no deal again, all the rest of it. And there'll be some twists and turns. But I'm feeling more positive about him actually getting there. Um, so, you know, towards the the back end of 2020, I can see things start to, to, to pick up. Um, You know, it's it's not going to happen immediately, Um, but you can see the purchasing manager's index and and maybe GDP will start to react. I don't think it's going to be a major upswing, but it's just that trajectory. You can just see the where this could end up now. Um, I, I just feel like there's more more certainty, so I'm feeling a lot more positive. I also think, incidentally, that there is a bit of a window now. There's a period between now. And when things really start motoring, uh, I don't know, maybe a bit like 2010, maybe 2011, um, you know, before things really started motoring last time around where we are in 2012, 13, 14. um, You know, it takes a while for confidence to return. It takes a while for people to really believe that, yeah, you know, the economy is sorted. My job is safe uh, and I can start spending Uh, More money, or start investing, uh, and and the economy really starts to motor. So, um, you know that that's going to take it a little while. But um, I I think towards the end of 2020, you'll you'll start to see some of the green shoots.
0: Thank you so much, Mark. Prediction number three that you're happy to share with us. (laughs) I am, David. I am.
2: So prediction number three centres around the. Um, Rental values on single lets um, and HMOs, so residential property in the United Kingdom. Um, Over the last, let's say, three years, we've seen a sustained attack on residential landlords from the government. Um, We've seen stamp duty increases, 3% surcharge on stamp duty. We've seen... um, uh, section uh, 24, which means you can't offset all of the uh, int- mortgage interest against the rent unless you hold the properties in a limited company. Clearly, there are way round- ways around these issues. Um, but it's put the, the, yeah, the, the, the summary of this is that it's put a lot of landlords off buying um, new properties. And something like a third of landlords have actually said that they will be selling properties. Uh, because, of course, most landlords are accidental landlords there or, or they just got one or two. They're not really that focused on building a, a big portfolio. So clearly therein lies an opportunity. Um, lots and lots of professional landlords have been buying these portfolios as um, smaller landlords have been selling. Uh, and what this is inevitably uh, meant is that um, although some of the this slack is being taken up by the larger landlords, Lots of those properties have gone back into the owner-occupier market, so there is less supply. There are less properties available to rent on the residential property investment market. And basic economics tells us that um, if there is less supply in a marketplace and demand may uh, remain similar or, or, or uh, potentially increases, um, then the price um, attributed to that asset will rise, um, and rents are rising, uh, and I think rents will continue to rise uh, for the next few years. So I'm 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 predicting this year we'll see residential um, rents rise at least five, could be ten percent in some areas, um, just because there are are less uh, rental properties available for tenants to to rent, and there are there are. A similar or more tenants chasing less properties. Um, so, rents are going to continue to rise. And I, I think, you know, th- there's a few more things coming. Uh, they are repealing the Section 21, which is the ability to evict tenants for um, any reason. Uh, they said they're going to beef up the provisions of the Section 8. Uh, tenant fees have already been banned. Um, there's more licensing. Uh, local councils are doing more to find sort of rogue landlords and, and um, criminal landlords, which again is reducing supply. So all of this stuff that has been happening and will, will continue, the effect of it will continue to play out because uh, it's not done yet. You know, the Section 24, the offsetting of the, the mortgage interest or the inability to do that, that came in over four years. And the full effect of it is only just being felt uh, uh, felt now um so i think there's 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 more here um so i think there's a there's a big opportunity i think you can go in you can find these properties uh, that other landlords are selling um if you've got the right strategies you understand how to navigate these legal issues i think there's money in this um and um we we're, we're seeing a lot of landlords take take advantage of it
0: yeah thank you so much mark um over the christmas period i've had to finalize my own Uh, tax return and definitely i'm paying more tax because of uh, section 24 so um i echo that i can quite see that the opportunities are there i'm looking forward to putting my rent up mark how cool would that be fab so prediction number four why don't you share prediction number four with us
2: okay so with the economic backdrop as it is we've clearly um gdp is muted Economic growth is whilst we, we're still growing, we're not in recession. Um, it's not going to be uh, a bumper year. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, there are still headwinds. There are issues uh, around this trade deal for Brexit. Uh, companies are still not investing. Um, the productivity gap is still there um, because companies haven't invested in in capital and machinery and all all that sort of stuff. The last, uh, well, really for the last decade or, or a bit longer. uh, And because of that, the the Bank of England need to continue to um, generate demand uh, and to make things easier in terms of borrowing money. So interest rates are likely to remain flat. I I think they will be, uh, if perhaps unchanged in 2020, which at the moment they're 0.75%. I doubt they're going to go up. if at all uh, very very slightly but probably just remain where they are um so i, I think very little is going to happen to interest rates um they could drop them a bit they could put them up a bit but it doesn't really make a lot of difference so they i think they've they've taken the, the view that it is best not to and um, a little bit of a, a caveat with any of these predictions and especially interest rate predictions i hear all sorts of people making these these predictions um and often they are wrong i don't think my prediction today is likely to be wrong but um every every year you know well especially one year ago around this time the world was going into uh, a, a sort of a negative uh or, or the perception was negative the media were certainly starting to, to to bang the jungle drums uh and there were They were predicting a recession um, to sell newspapers, I presume. Uh, China have had an on-off sort of um, issue with Donald Trump and and U.S. over trade uh, and and tariffs and barriers on on goods passing between the two. Uh, And, of course, all of that, um, along with, you know, reduced uh, Chinese demand, European demand, Germany potentially going into recession um and uh and that all culminating in the yield curve which is the um the amount of money or, or the the yield the 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 interest rate that you're likely to get on bonds US government bonds loans that you give to the US um being a a lower rate on a 10 year US bond than uh, than a, a 3 month US bond that, that sort of, when, when the market does that, uh, that is an indication of recession. Uh, and a year ago, we had lots of people saying the market's going into recession. Uh, the, the stock market's going to fall massively. Uh, UK property prices are going to fall hugely. Uh, I had a couple of people around here saying, oh, you need to sell your whole portfolio. Uh, you need to get rid of it all. Uh, the whole thing's going to, to pot. Um, you know, and and of course, to to just just to sort of make it even worse, we had Jeremy Corbyn in the wings, who is, let's be honest, or or, or was uh, the biggest threat to UK buy-to-let investment uh, that I've seen in the whole time I've been investing. Uh, he was an existential threat, existential threat, uh, and um, you know, he he's now. Um, Clearly neutered, uh, and uh, and won't be able to bring in any of this sort of rent control or uh, giving private tenants the uh, the right to buy houses. All of that stuff seems to have gone. Um, so I- I'm feeling very positive about that. Uh, but the point is, a year ago, all these predictions were there, uh, and this happens quite a lot. I see it quite a lot. A lot of people say to me, "Should I go and sell my properties?" And at the time, I said, "Absolutely not. This is a long term." Um, investment. Um, if you sell your properties now, um, there's a very good chance a lot of this stuff won't materialise. Um, and then you'll end up needing to rebuy them again. And we're a year on. You can rebuy them today if you want. Uh, the prices, well, they're probably, I don't know, we have this is slightly higher, but you'll have lost all that stamp duty, all of the capital gains tax you'll have paid, or corporation tax, all the legal fees, hours of your sort of time or your staff time. Um, in uh, sourcing all of those properties all of the refurbs you know and and, and all of that sort of lost rent um, so the the moral of this is that predictions are often wrong uh, especially predictions of recession when the next recession is or what interest rates are going to be which is um, obviously linked to the prediction I've just made um, so w- w- what I would say is um, whilst these are valuable and you can use them to work out whether you're going to have a long-term mortgage or you're going to take a long-term fixed rate or maybe a variable rate. Um, actually, they're just best guesses. Uh, and the, uh, the, the best way to predict your returns uh, and to get the best returns is, is to do this over a long period of time and don't get um, affected by these people that are calling the next recession or, you know, next week, or, or telling you interest rates are going to go to 15%, 20% because they haven't got the clue, as has been proven over the last year again.
0: Fab. Thank you so much, Mark. Are you ready for prediction five? Are you happy to share that with our friends this evening?
2: I certainly am, David. Um, cool. And, um, yeah, it, it really links in to what I've been saying about um, 2020, The the election, the fact that Boris got this big majority, the trajectory, the future uh, seems much, much clearer now. uh, And I think towards the end of this year, we will start to see some of that. I think that um, the change in sentiment since the election will start to reflect on the banks as we move into this this new year and new decade, we are in the roaring twenties now, and I'm putting my stake in the ground and, and effectively saying that um, I think that this could be uh, a golden few years. Um, so I think the banks are going to become more aggressive. Um, I think you know that the fact that the that U.S. Treasury yield curve has moved from being inverted to uh, to, 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 to 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 reverting to form. Um, And, uh, you know, there's there's a good sort of incline on it now again. Um, I think that that uh, would indicate to banks that a recession is less likely. Uh, I think the money markets are probably going to be a little bit freer. um, And uh, I suspect they may be lending at lower rates uh, and at higher loan to values. Um, You can see in the residential market, um, 95% mortgages are available. In the low three percent range, uh, and they've been since the last recession. It's become it um more and more. You know, the loans values have been going up, and the, the interest rates have been going down on those types of loans. I think you'll you'll see more of that in buy to let and investment and development loans as well. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I think um, 2020 could be very good for for bank lending.
0: Well, <coughs> that's really exciting. Uh, And I'm looking forward to that. It's been a while. And uh, yes, let's get back into the banks and um, we can leverage them, Mark. Fabulous. Um, I'm going to call time now, guys. I am. Thank you so much for spending your Sunday evening with us. Um, It's been great to uh, work with you. And um, I look forward to seeing you all really, really soon.